Welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, a podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltsverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Christina of Sweet Potato Quilts. Hi. Welcome. Now, before we jump into all our quilty fun today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Christina? Yeah, I'm Christina, a quilt pattern designer. I live in Boise, Idaho. I'm originally a classically trained musician, and I play the clarinet in the Boise Philharmonic. I'm also an elementary school music teacher, and I somehow found the time to learn how to quilt and start a business. (laughs) (laughs) So could you tell us a little bit more about the name of your business, Sweet Potato Quilts? Well, when I started quilting, um, my dog would just be with me at every moment, um, Whenever I lay something down on the floor, he's on it and he just wants to snuggle with everything. And he's just my companion and his name is Gogoma or Goguma in Korean. That means sweet potato. So I decided to oh. name the business after him. Cute. What kind of dog? <laughs> um, the shelter called him a, a collie mix and he doesn't really look like a collie, but he's definitely <laughs> like loyal and just wants to be with me all the time. You started quilting fairly recently in about 2018. Was it love at first stitch? Um, It was love before first stitch. I had a huge (laughs) buildup to it um, because I started getting interested in it when I was out of town. I was out away for a summer taking a teaching course, and I just needed something to distract my mind off of music. And so Usually I play Sudoku or something. I'm like, is there something I can make more use out of my time? Like piecing puzzles together. Like how about quilting? Because I can piece things together and I'll come away with something useful and something that will be loved. And so I went down the rabbit hole of what it takes to quilt. And <laughs> I, I binge watched um, the Midnight Quilt Show. Um by Angela Walters and I thought quilting was like the free motion quilting because that's what she's really good at so I would just watch her free motion quilt and it was (laughs) it was so addicting and so I've never owned a sewing machine and when I went back home I had ordered one it finally came in I bought fabric and I pieced it together but I thought the quilting part was when you free motion quilt it and it just didn't go as smoothly as <laughs> Angela Walters. And and I'm like, I must not, I need to like take a class or something because I'm a YouTube educator. Like I learned from YouTube <laughs> and so it wasn't working out. And uh, so it wasn't love when the stitching was happening. <laughs> there were some curse words and I actually stitched uh, I free motion quilted a book of stamps to the back of my quilt because it was on that table and it just glided onto the back of the quilt. <laughs> but I've made all the mistakes and I didn't know that being left-handed, the rotary blade should be on the other side of the cutter. And so the fabric didn't cut. And so <laughs> I had all the problems. And then like, as I learn more about it and I go on Instagram and I see what other people are doing, like, I'm like, oh, you don't, 
you don't have to quilt your quilts to be a quilter. <laughs> you can just piece it together and let someone else do it. Okay, I like it better now. <laughs> so you mentioned you watch a lot of like YouTube videos and um, you know, picked up a lot of different tips and tricks through that. Like, are there YouTube videos for left-hand quilters? Um, not very many, I think. Not I should yet, share. Christina. You this is I a will op- have opportunity for you. <laughs> I will have a blog post out talking about my left-handed experience by the time this comes out. I'll share some of the ways that I cut, but I recently went back and I looked at some cutting tutorials mm. and I was so shocked because I hadn't been on YouTube for a while because I've been just quilting because it's good enough for me. But when I like go back and look at people teaching how to cut, it just boggles my mind because you right-handed people, yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> you cover your width of fabric with the ruler, the amount you want to cut off, and then you slice it off, right? But I use my cutting mat and I just use the move the ruler to the notches of the cutting mat. Oh. Yeah. So if you've ever watched my reels of cutting fabric Mm. I'm doing it wrong (laughs) (laughs) so I I'm going to take this opportunity to buy a bunch of left-handed rulers and see how much left-handed rulers they are there I like I don't look at it's the numbers where the numbers are yeah they would be flipped right so yeah oh no way yeah (laughs) I'm gonna start cutting the right way and just share how much it changes my quilting (laughs) I didn't even know. I didn't even know there was left-handed rulers. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout, you know, your quilting journey so far, could you share some of the things that you've had to modify in the sewing room to accommodate um, your left-handedness? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the biggest one was changing the rotary blade and putting it on the other side. Um, other than that, it's the ruler thing, which I'm just realizing now. <laughs> Um, I will point out that I have some advantages, I believe, as a left-handed quilter, Um, just the way the machine is built and where we quilt and have the bulk of our quilt is on our Mm. left side so that I have my left arm to manage and handle the bulk of it. And so I also think that if we pin, when we pull out pins while we're quilting, it we pull them out with yeah. the left because the sharp end of the pin points to yeah. the right. Yeah. So I have that advantage. Damn. I don't think, <laughs> but the disadvantage is that there's no room to store things. So if I pull out a pin, I have to like cross around my body and get, put it down there. I want to get a magnetic pin cushion. I can just throw those things halfway across the room and it catches it. oh my gosh the zircle it's also great it cleans up the floor so if you have pins like in your rug you can just wave it over the rug and it pulls them all up you're gonna change my life (laughs) (laughs) so you mentioned earlier that you kind of you took up quilting because you were looking for a way to blow off steam you were in a um you were taking a teaching course over the summer and We've noticed you talk about how quilting is part of your own self-care. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Well, I think I'm going to get a little personal. And I think it stems from how I grew up as a child of immigrant parents. My parents immigrated from Korea before I was born. And 
a lot of how I was programmed when I was growing up is like, I need to be successful. I will earn love from my parents when I um, do well at things like get good grades in school. Like that's how I earn their affection and attention. And so I'm just naturally motivated to do good and succeed at whatever I pursue. And so that just stemmed into like my profession of being a musician and the competitiveness of being a musician and finding a career in an orchestra. Um, Also as a teacher, um, your work goes into your personal life. And so like, I just happened to pursue two careers that like are my identity and I needed to find the space to um, just make for myself and think in silence Um, a place where I did not need to pursue formal training at the beginning. I can um, forgive myself for all the mistakes that I make and just kind of make sense of how I grew up and maybe retrain the way I look at um, how society is built and how how I see my place in society. Um, And so with all that thinking being done, I... I've come a long way. Um, The self-care is like just learning how to love myself. Like I don't have to be good at anything (laughs) to be a worthy human being and to be like worthy of love. And so I've learned to feel the same for other people. And that goes both ways. And also, um, yeah, just mostly the self-love and I'm okay like just where I am and it's where I need to be just as long as I'm being authentic and honest with myself. And that's what quilting has brought me. (laughs) And I in turn have put it back into my teaching and musicianship. So it's been really interesting to see how they all feed each other. What I think so cool about quilting is the celebration of imperfections, of the fact that, you know, when you make a mistake, when you use the wrong color, it's kind of this problem solving is baked into it, but it still means that, you know, it's not something you have to rip out and redo or practice until you get it correctly. You know, it's kind of that evolution journey. You know, I think that speaks to a lot of people. Yeah. You mentioned that, you know, you've found that, you know, your, your quilting practice has influenced your own life as a teacher and a musician. Can you kind of talk about like, Have other lessons gone that way into your quilting from being a musician to being a quilter? Um, Yeah, I mean, I'll, I don't know, I'll explain this step by step, but (laughs) um, in a way, like being a musician is its own world in itself, but I feel a little bit limited and constricted by it because I'm in an orchestra playing music mostly by dead European composers and to an audience of people who would normally go to that kind of concert. And so I needed the teaching to share music with just the students and kids in my community of various backgrounds and give them the same equal opportunity to learn that they like music even before they know about it. And so um, the best way for me to teach students is just to in my classroom, create the atmosphere that they have autonomy and choice in how they want to create music so that they can express themselves the most authentically. And I believe that the best way for them to do that is through improvisation. 
And when I have them improvise music, um, what I do is I set parameters when it comes to like musical elements such as pitch and melody. And I feel like that's what I want when I write quilt patterns. I don't want to just have like an assembly direction, like how you put an Ikea furniture together. Um, like you need to make this kind of quilt, but I want there to be a choice where people who look at my patterns, they can start with an idea and end up with something that's unique. And they have not just choice in the fabric they choose, but a little bit of choice of the design process. And I'm exploring that um, with improv quilting um, and the parameters that you can set I also would like to build a membership where I design like a library of blocks that are interchangeable and write out the patterns and cutting directions so that you can just easily swap in and swap out blocks and put different blocks together as you wish. Um, also like patterns with just elements that are asymmetrical and you can just arrange them the way you'd like and so I'm looking to find ways to write patterns so that quilters have a choice in the final outcome of the quilt um, more than the fabric they choose. I actually just kind of want to jump back. And um, so what inspired you to start writing your own patterns? I wanted to be a part of the community. So I signed up to do a lot of pattern testing. And through pattern testing and helping other designers um, edit their patterns and making their designs. I was like, I think I can do this too. And I had a lot of ideas. So um, yeah, I, I just jumped in and it's been a really fun, exciting process. So when the episode airs, uh, you'll be in the middle of a group quilt pattern campaign. Could you tell us more about this project and what inspired it? Yeah, I mean, it was inspired by going on Instagram when I was first learning to quilt. I find all these beautiful quilts and I learned to follow these quilters. And I've just learned to be a fan of so many quilters. Like they make such beautiful things. So um, I was just thinking like, what would it be like to make a quilt where there were elements designed by all of my favorite quilters and that use like different techniques because I know like you can get into quilting a quilt and you're, it can be pretty like repetitious in the method of making that quilt. But what if like you make one part of the quilt that is paper pieced, one part of the quilt that is applique, one part of the quilt that uses strip piecing. So I just came up with all these different methods of piecing and I reached out to all my favorite quilters and asked if they would be willing to design one block for the quilt. <laughs> and I am just fangirling here because like so they all said yes. <laughs> and, and we're having this, we're having this quilt I'm making. And like I am just, I don't know, this is my dream. I'm making the quilt. <laughs> I'm making one quilt that's designed by all my favorite designers. I think that's what's awesome about sampler quilts. Like that's how I learned how to quilt. And you know, you have, you go through and they're all different techniques and it gives you a chance to try them all. I mean, I remember doing like applique curves, which I didn't like at the time, but now like, at least I know how to do it te technically speaking. <laughs> Not well, but I know how to do it. <laughs> so could you tell us like a little bit more about like 
who's involved um, and like how many like blocks are we expecting? Um, it'll be nine blocks and they will all be 18 inch blocks. Um, so I reached out to eight people. Spoiler and- alert, one of them is me. <laughs> <laughs> we have Amanda here, um, Allie from Exhausted Octopus. We have Elizabeth from Quilters Candy, Megan Collins, Taylor from Toad and Sew, um, Varushka from Pride and Joy Quilting, Jessica from Quilted Studios, and Brooke from Daimonia Studio, and me. That's like <laughs> one hell of an awesome team you got there. And some, <laughs> some friends of Quilt Buzz. And you, you decided to do it uh, in conjunction with National Sewing Machine Day, correct? Yeah. I should know Ooh. this as part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> Just spill all the tea, gals. I, I want to know. know all that. <laughs> so National Quilting Day this year is June 13th. And starting on June 13th, um, we will release this pattern for free if you sign up for it. And you'll have, I think it's a month, to make the entire quilt and we'll choose one winner to win Ooh. a grand prize. <gasps> it's going to be 200 $25 gift certificate for fabric. Wow, so. <laughs> that's amazing. Plus nine free patterns. Yeah. yeah. Um, in addition to the group project that you're launching in June, are, uh, do you have any other fun quilting projects or collaborations on the horizon? Yeah, I've been a part of the 12 minis in 12 months group. And my mini pattern will be coming out in July. So right Ooh, after the sample. Back to back. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited about that one. Are you able to tell us a little bit about that or like the design or you haven't come up with it yet? I actually, I came up with it a really long time ago. And at this point, I'm like, I kind of want to try another design and then decide later. because. The design I had a long time ago is like pretty modern, but I'm wondering if I could quickly come up with something new that's more, I don't, that's more me. (laughs) Like you can do it this way or like with the improv elements, like have something, have some asymmetrical elements that will give people choice in how they piece it together. But I don't know yet. I haven't decided so we'll I see have, in July. Yeah. I have something at least to have my butt covered, but <laughs> it might not be what I think it is yet. So I don't even know yet. Fair <laughs> enough. So on that note, it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready, Christina? Yeah. <laughs> Wendy, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Okay. So what is your favorite time of day to quilt? The morning. And where do you sew? In one of the bedrooms upstairs, we don't have kids, so we just use them as sewing rooms. Uh, so do you wear shoes while sewing? And if so, do you wear socks or no socks? It's socks. Just, I don't like the shoes, but my toes need to stay warm. Music, Netflix, podcasts, or the sounds of silence while sewing? I like silence when my mind is full of thoughts, and I like Netflix when I'm ready to take in information. And what's your current... Uh, favorite Netflix show or movie at the moment? 
okay, my guilty pleasure is any trashy reality show. Oh my god, oh, you guys are now gonna you be best friends. Are my best friend. <laughs> oh my gosh, trashy TV. Right now, I'm finishing up a show called The Ultimatum. Oh, I've seen ads for it. I haven't watched it yet. I'm kind of like saving for it. It's so good. What is your favorite snack while quilting? Dried mangoes. And what's your favorite traditional quilt block? I like any disappearing block. And favorite color? Purple. Uh, do you have a favorite brand of solids? Um, I mainly use Kona. And do you have a favorite Kona color? Um, any light hue. And what color fabric do you use the most? White. Uh, solids or prints? I like using both. And do you have a favorite fabric designer? Anyone at Ruby Star Society. I love them all. And what is the last fabric you bought? Um, it's the fabric pool for the sewing machine sampler. It's all solids. What's your favorite quilt shop? Um, there are a few. Um, I like Great Hair on Thread Company, Liza Taylor, Wildwood Creative. And I've heard such good things about Sotopia, which is in Utah. Mm. And I really want to go and visit them. Um, how do you organize your fabrics? I have one of those like grid cabinets from Ikea and I have enough fabric just to fill up two. So there's like a solid box and a print box and that's it. Uh, what do you do with your scraps? I store them in like a huge tub bin, but I've also designed a free pattern for a body pillowcase where you can just store your scraps in that pillowcase. <laughs> And give it a nice hug. And what sewing notion you couldn't live about? My rotary cutter with the blade on the right side for left-handed. Uh, what sewing machine do you sew on? A Bernina 770QE. What's the number one quilting notion you'd recommend for lefties? A left-handed ruler. And uh, what thread brand do you use? Aurifil. Do you have a pressing preference? I use both. I really love to press to one side when the seams can nest. But if it's not going to give me that, I'll press open. And pick one. HSTs, curves, or flying geese? HSTs. Uh, do you have a go-to long arm quilter? Um, it's someone in my town called the Quilting Corner. I'm just not ready to send my fabric off in the mail. So I, use, <laughs> I go local right now. Machine or hand bind? Machine. Spray, pin, or thread-based? Pin. Pre-wash, always, sometimes, never. Never. What's your favorite part of the quilting process? Uh, doing a final reveal for my husband. <laughs> I wrap it up in a big ball and then I just ah, open it up for him to see. And I like to see his first reaction. Is that the sound effect? Of the <laughs> <laughs> what is your least favorite part of the quilting process? Fixing my mistakes. <laughs> What's one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? I don't know if I'll give it up, but I have a foul mouth. I like to curse. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> healthy. It is. I read somewhere it is healthy. Oh. It, it increases your pain tolerance while you're swearing. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a whole, there's a whole Netflix uh, show on it. It wasn't a terribly good show, but there were some interesting facts. It was, it was Nick, Nick, Nick Cage. Ah, that, that national treasure. Nicholas Cage hosted it. Uh, who is your quilty BFF? My dog, Goguma. Who's your quilty crush? All of the designers in the sewing machine sampler. Aww. I've been obsessed with you. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite recent make? 
Um, probably my improv around the block quilt using improv squares. How many quilts are in your work in progress file right now? Zero. <gasps> well done. Everything is clear and I am literally today going to start testing blocks for the sampler today. When you do have work in progresses, where do you store them? Just wherever I last used them. <laughs> they might still be on the sewing machine or on the table. Fair enough. <laughs> and do you have any other interests or hobbies? Uh, we recently got um, advanced underwater scuba dive oh, certification. Cool. So we like to travel where we can scuba dive. Nice. Do you have a trip planned? Yeah, this summer we're going to road trip up and down the California coast and oh, scuba dive. Cool. Ooh. Yeah. So on that note, we've got just a couple more questions for you. And first up are who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? I'll share with you my cousin's account. Her name is Jean and her Instagram is NewsJean. Um, she used to work for the Associated Press and she actually opened one of the first Associated Press or the first Associated Press bureau in North Korea. So she is an expert on North Korea and is right now the co-host of a podcast called The Lazarus Heist for BBC World Service. Um, and I think it's so cool because she knows all about North Korea and she ties in some of my family history. So I'm, I'm learning a lot about it and it's really cool. Um, another one is the Korean vegan. I, I found her on TikTok, actually. Um, she's a lawyer by day who so eloquently and poetically shares stories from her Asian American childhood while she cooks and shares rep recipes for Korean food. Um, I identify with a lot of what she talks about, and I love how she can share the obstacles in life that she's overcome from, like, with a voice of strength and power and not, like, sounding like a victim. Like, she puts so much beauty and strength into the story she tells. And maybe one more, I'll say, at the Jeffrey Marsh um, is uh, transgender, and they are really good at sharing their experiences and just embody so much love for themselves, themselves. And, you know, I just love hearing what they have to say. With those recommendations, we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadclaw Studio. Wendy. I am at the.weekendquilter. Anna, who couldn't join us today, is at Wax and Wayne Studio. And Christina. I am at Sweet Potato Quilts. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, it would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Woohoo! We did it! Yeah! <laughs>